Hey guys, it's Kelty from The Lady Gang, and you're probably wondering, why am I getting a new episode of Lady Gang today? Well, you're not. We are sharing with you an episode of our show on The Lady Gang Network, Showmance, with Kevin McHale and Jenna Ushkowitz. We're so excited because they're basically doing this episode-by-episode deep dive into Glee, and it has been so fun. So I think today is episode two with a guest that's already been on our show, Alexis. So enjoy the episode. We just wanted to give you a taste, and if you love it... Make sure that you head on over to the Showman's page and subscribe. Okay, enjoy the show. Okay, let's do this. <gasps> I'm nervous. No, this is so exciting. Hey, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to Showman's. Make sure to subscribe to the show. Leave a five-star rating. And a nice review. And spread the word. Calling all Gleeks. I'm Kevin McHale. And I'm Jenna Ushkowitz. We became best friends on the set of Glee. And now we're doing the Glee recap podcast you have been waiting for. How romantic. Each week we'll take you behind the scenes. Spill all the Glee tea. And break down episodes from season one with former cast, crew, producers, and writers that brought the show to life. This is Showman's Glee Recap Edition. I think everyone needs a little more party in their lives. to Showman's Glee Recap Edition. I'm Jen Ashkowitz. I'm Kevin McHale. Kevin, episode number two! Well, um, technically speaking, it's episode one. one. Yes. Ugh, so on the script, is it episode two? Do you remember what it said on the script? <sighs> it's like one arc zero two. <laughs> they had all these numbers and letters that I did I not understand for years. No, I think it's one because that's why we always think we're, yes. you know, we're, we're in one an off. episode. Yes, off. So we've always thought about time in terms of what happened on Glee when. Like for those six or seven years we were doing the show, I categorized time mm-hmm. in terms of what season and what episode we were doing. 100% mile markers. Yes, exactly. So <laughs> I think we should just call this episode two. Pilot was one. Uh, episode two. Episode two is Showman! Our namesake. Wow. We well, got there. This really, you know, the title of our podcast like came from the, you know, that we are a showman, so you and I technically, but also like, we were like, how we're apropos. Yeah. The second episode of Glee was called Showman's. And here we are. And here we are with our own showman's yeah. talking about showman's. And I've said it on the show before and I'll say it again. This is how I learned of the term showman's. Because of the title of this episode. <laughs> Welcome to the world, Kevin. Yes. So, what was going to recap? We. Recap, recap. To recap, we shot the pilot in the month of October. Right, September, two, October. Yeah, 2008. Uh huh. And, and then picked up. February of 2009. No, we found out. You you and Leah called me, I think, in December. December 16th. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Okay, dates. Yeah. Leah and I were about to go to a Joe's Pub um, concert, perform at a Joe's Pub concert for a Spring Awakening Christmas show. And on the way, we I was staying with her. We found out, and we were, like, getting ready and showered, and we took a photo, actually, of ourselves Aww. at that very moment. But then we called you first. Yes. <gasps> and you had to pull Respect. over. I, I was driving. It was raining in LA, like, the once a year it rains. <laughs> and I had my mom in the car, and you guys called, and I'm like, I'm going to drive off the road. Yeah. This is the craziest thing I've ever heard. I still didn't really know what it meant. I didn't either. Like, a pickup means you got picked up for, we got picked up for 13, for example. Right. So, 13 episodes. But I, that remember- didn't really phase me, because, like, I was so poor at the time anyway that I was like, wow, that's cool like money but like I had no sense of like oh uh, in my head I was like cha-ching <laughs> I was like yes I can finally afford to pay for gas to get down to the studio to film it I know well I had to borrow money too to move to LA from New York yeah, we all I had to borrow yeah, money from the pilot but um all right so we were we picked up February of 2009 we started shooting showman's was the first one but I moved here in January yeah because here's what we did mm-hmm. so Fun fact, the first couple seasons we rehearsed, the choreography happened in this place called The Tin Shed. With Zach Woodley. The choreographer, and, Bra- and Brooke Lipton. Mm-hmm. It actually was on the second floor of the back lot, like fake New York. Mm-hmm. And it was The Tin Shed because it literally had a tin roof, and it... <laughs> was steamy. It trapped heat in there. So hot. Let me tell you, when it got to those summer months, the Ooh. heat would just not go anywhere. The glamorous life of Glee. But we didn't know any better. So we're like, this is fine. <laughs> <laughs> well, there was also only five of us at the time. So it yeah. was fine when you throw 20 of us in there. Yeah. Different story. It was, it was also when I learned that if you just drink protein shakes and not work out, you gain weight. 
<laughs> because we because we had so much time, so we st- weren't starting to shoot the show until February. We started rehearsing January. Push it Ugh. in January. It, we, I think we rehearsed it for three to four weeks. That one number, <laughs> which is so ironic, because later in the season. Very, you know, like we had no time at all, and we would learn things the night before, and sometimes the morning of. Yeah. So that was ironic that we had all that time for "Don't Stop," which we talked about in the pilot, yeah. and also um, now all these numbers that yes. had like a million sides. But ironically, also when we get to it, "Take a Bow" was a very last minute, so we got a taste of both. In this yeah, episode. it was. I I really that time was special to me because I remember we would actually have proper warm ups and stretches, and here's the coolest thing to me. This is one of my favorite memories of the show ever. Mm-hmm. Is that we shot the pilot on location, so right. we were going between Burbank and Long Beach and shooting in real high schools. Right, and for show myths because it was the start of the actual season, we got to go to Paramount in L.A. and it's the most beautiful historic. Magical lot in los angeles and we took over i think at that point we had two stages Mm -hmm. and i remember ryan taking us around as they were building all the sets Mm -hmm. and everything was just wood frames at that point and we were just in shock like oh my god we get to like drive through these famous gates every single day to go to work lucy shot there you know all these like the ten commandments was on the stage that we shot where we shot the choir it was the tallest stage in the world is that a tank of water underneath? Um, and the funniest part, th- like now looking back, all the photos I have in February of 2009 are of welcome to the new show to Paramount Lot. And there's like banners yep. in front of the commissary where we would eat lunch. And it was Glee on a music staff. Yep. And then um, photo- the photos jumped to straight to the bright blue shirts of Push It, where Kevin and I were hopped up on Red Bulls. We First like, time I ever had Red Bull. Well, because Don't Stop had taken so long to shoot, and it was such an extensive process to us. We were like, I don't know what we're in for. We overcorrected the yeah, other we direction. Did. We did. And we were on one. Yeah. Um, I mean, this, to me, this whole episode <laughs> is about. I know showmance literally, narratively, is establishing some showmances yeah. in the show that would carry on for the entirety of the series. But to me, it was push it because that mm-hmm. was sort of our golden goose of we are doing this. Yeah. And it felt like us. Yeah. Well, we're all trashy and gross. Garbage and people. We're obsessed with each other by this point. Yeah. And really coming into our own as like friends outside of the show. Yeah. And it was a, nothing bonds you like humping each other and dancing. Honestly, wrestle. for weeks before we even had to do weeks. it in front of people. Anyway, we'll get to that. But I, I feel like this is also the bud budding showmance of Kevin and Jenna. It's true. This is where we all really bonded. Because you know what happened during this time. And I think I've probably told this story before, but I'll tell it again. What? One of my favorite things about this, or special, I think this bonded us, was that we all talked about how broke we were. <laughs> we're sitting on the couches in the tin shed, and we all talked about how everyone had moved out to L.A. who didn't live here, and we were doing this thing, but we didn't have any money because we all were so in debt right. that we spent all the money we had made on the pilot paying people back or whatever we needed to do. Right. We were all super broke. And nobody wants to talk about money because mm-hmm. it's a weird, awkward thing. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't like we were sitting around and being like, we're making so much money. We were just like, oh, we can afford to like pay for lunch now, which is nice. However, we were still broke in shooting this show. And I remember we all talked how, do you think if we all asked our agents if we could get an advance on the first episode? Aww. So And so the like the first, the OG five or six of us yeah. were all together. And we were like, I think... We need, we need to, to do, do this. That. And we did. And we did. We came it. together. It was in the first couple of weeks of rehearsal. And, and we, we asked for an advance. Well, because also the thing is like sometimes it can take a really long time on television for you to get your, your checks. Like yes. they backlog very quickly. Before we keep going, let's give a shout out to Rothy's. If you care about style and sustainability, then the perfect fit for you is Rothy's. Rothy's makes stylish shoes for women and girls out of recycled plastic water bottles. They're super comfortable, fully machine washable, and they have over 1,000 nearly perfect reviews. So check out 
all the amazing styles available right now at rothys.com slash showmans. I have been wearing Rothy's for a long time, you guys. I have the slip-ons in black, gray, and navy blue, and I love them because I can wear them anywhere. And then I put them in the washer and they're like brand new. And you can also buy new insoles so that when your insoles get a little old, you can put some new ones in. Rothy's come in an ever-changing array of colors, prints, and patterns, and they're available in a range of styles like sneakers, loafers, points, and more. They are seamlessly knit using thread made from plastic water bottles, so they're ultra comfortable as soon as you slip them on. Rothy's own and operate their manufacturing workshop where they prioritize sustainability every step of the way, which has helped them divert over 35 million water bottles from landfills. That's amazing. They ship directly in their shoebox, no unnecessary packaging, because I hate it when I get packages with boxes and boxes and boxes with free shipping and free returns and exchanges. Go to rothys.com, R-O-T-H-Y-S.com slash showmans to get your new favorite flats. Comfort, style, and sustainability. These are the shoes you've been waiting for. Head to rothys.com slash showmans today. If you like our show, you're going to love Heather Dubrow's World on Podcast One. The former Real Housewife of Orange County turned best-selling author is coming at you two times a week to share her stories about life and family and chats it up with some fabulous guests over some champs. You don't want to miss a second of it. Check out Heather Dubrow's World every week on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Kevin, do you want to do this? Yeah, should we break down, get into the episode? Let's get into the episode. So this Showmans. week is episode two, Glee Cap, Showman's. Okay, so this one was directed by Ryan Murphy. It was written by... Ryan Murphy, Brad Falchuk, and Ian Brennan. Ugh, so brilliant. I mean, they wrote the first two seasons by themselves, which is crazy. That's wild. Okay, so, director Ryan Murphy, we said that. And then these were the songs that were in Showman's. Gold Digger, Push It, Say a Little Prefer You, and Take a Bow. Ugh, so good. This is great. Yeah, it was okay. really good. Ugh, I have... Also, uh, don't forget, Yeah, we also did Freak Out. <sighs> That's right. So basically, uh, let's talk about this episode. Overall, Sue Sylvester breaks the news to Mr. Shu, and he realizes that he needs 12 members in the Glee Club to qualify for regionals. And if we don't qualify for regionals, Figgins is cutting the program. Yes. And there's many a showman's budding between oh love, the love triangle begins between Finn, Rachel, and Quinn, who <laughs> early Diana is my favorite. <laughs> I also have to say, I forgot. I think originally I was like, oh, poor Rachel. She's so nerdy and dorky has no chance in hell and then watching it i was like no she's like super self-assured even if she's faking it yeah and is going up against the popular girl and sort of was like eating her for lunch i was like i really respect how hard she's going i'm like no i know who i am i'm doing me you figure yourself out it's true that's the product of two gay dads <laughs> <laughs> so we get to we get through and we get to see the non unofficial first slushy of the season i say unofficial because we saw it in slushy, the pilot yes yeah and that set the tone but that's when we realized this was probably going to be a thing that was going to happen to rachel berry yeah right just rachel berry 100 <laughs> percent. little did there was know. N- we did not know we did not know we all sort of ignored it we're like oh that sucks for you, you like, have to do that again. <laughs> that's so funny yeah one of the questions from a fan well actually it's a fan, but they work at Podcast One because <laughs> Steve went around and asked for um, Q and A questions from fans that oh, of great. employees of Podcast Love that. One. Um, so in the future, you guys just write in, yeah, yeah ask yeah. us all the questions. Write all the questions. We have a hotline. We'll give you all that information yeah. later. Did you ever slushy each other behind the scenes? Hell, absolutely no. not. No, there's no way. If we're gonna be slushy, we better be getting paid for it. Okay. We don't have time. The cleanup on a slushy is such a pain in the ass. And how many times would you do it? Like actually shoot a slushy? Twice, maybe three times. Maybe. I, I had. I only did it once. The one time I was slushy. And then they'd but. have to cart you to the gym, the Paramount gym, where you would shower. They would tie you off. You'd have to get back through makeup, and then you'd have to do it again. Oh, maybe I no. Yes. I did do it twice. Ugh. No. I think I did do it twice coming. because I'm like I don't remember a shower. Mm-hmm. I had a. I was in. Right. 
Will's office, and they just rubbed me down with shaving cream. Oh, God. So the Glee Club is having its set of troubles with Mr. Shu. This is when we do Le Freak. Yes. It opens up with us doing this crazy, horrible disco number. Because, like, Mr. Shu, he does not have it going on. He's... And they, well, he won with this song. Yeah, in back the 90s. in the day, in the night. Na- I think it was earlier, Kevin. <laughs> it was. I think it was early nineties. Right, fine, 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 fine. Yeah, fine. and us as the Glee Club were not having it. Oh God, it was such a bad. I just remember being like, "Ew, this number." Do you know what I mean? Oh, like, yeah. ew, we have to do this number. I even hated recording it. <laughs> I, I like. Oh, all, I loved it. Anything with that song, I was like, "No, oh, no, 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 thank you. no, absolutely um, not." Because so, we knew the power of push it by this point. That's so, true. That's why I was just waiting for that. The climax. No pun intended. <laughs> um, so the kids need to perform, the Glee kids need to perform at the pep rally to recruit other members, and we have to make it, you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Desirable to join. Oh, yeah. We right? To entice the children. Yes, thank you. But we're obviously embarrassed by Tina, Artie, Mercedes, and Rachel are all embarrassed, and Kurt, sorry. Um, but I remember how quick this was to shoot because it was fun. We got to dance a little bit and move around. We weren't jaded and tired by then. And there was only five of us. So, it, like, really, it was like they covered the kids and then they covered Matt and Mr. Shoe. And that was it. Yeah. Like, the days when there weren't 18 people in the choir room was oh, like, yeah. we didn't know what was coming. No. We didn't know. Because what happens is the camera literally has to do we have to do the scene every time and the camera has to follow each character individually. So you're doing the scene Painting at a minimum. That's what they would call it. <laughs> the mi- eighteen times. Yeah. Ugh. Sometimes they would do two shots and yeah. that would be seventeen times. Anyway, um this scene also made me giggle. I mean, watching the show back in general because it's been so long, like especially the earlier seasons, makes my heart skip a beat and I giggle so much like a little schoolgirl because watching you Kevin <laughs> when they close up on you and the freak and we do the little like cannon where you <laughs> use your arms and like we're all like twisting and using our legs and like we were still figuring out like what to do with you and how you were going to modify these things to make it look like you were still a part of the group and yes. doing the choreography is very very funny let me tell you I think I nailed it I think you did, too. I think I nailed it. That little cannon was so good. I I remember with Zach and Brooke, they're like, what are we going to do with you? Yeah. And I was like, I got it. Like, together, we sort of of came up with them. Like, I know how to dance, and I will just mimic, to the best of my abilities, everything. And anything I can't do with my lower body, I'll just use my arms. And so you'll see there's many times where I... Like straight up, will just do even foot movements with my hands on my lap, <laughs> just to sort of make it work. Um, I have another fan question here, podcast one fan question: Have the gay jokes aged well? So in in the scene um, after we perform the freak, there Kurt says um, it's too uh, it's too gay in response to Mister Shu saying, "What's wrong with the song?" Right? right? Yeah. Um. I think he's right on target. Well, I think he can say that. <laughs> yeah, and also the fact that, like, Ryan's writing it. Yeah. Like, well, I think we were ahead of the curve at that point, no, I, don't I, you think? I think when you are sort of abrasive like that and you're not trying to be too PC, to me, that was when the show was best. Right. And you did it in a way where those jokes, to me, totally still play. I think there were some other ones as we go along that probably haven't aged as well right. because they're not used in that way. Right. Well, I think you have a gay character calling something too gay is pretty damn hilarious. Ugh, I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. Um, okay. So also I would like to, during that scene, I was sort of taken aback. I forgot how nerdy Artie was because by the end of the series, Artie was just me. Well, everybody got a little yeah, every, bit, right? like we had yeah. all just become ourselves right. in real life, and that for a whole showman. I was like, oh my no. gosh. Rachel was like, look crazy. Everybody looked crazy. Like I looked the most goth. I pro- well, I don't know. That's a yeah, yeah. questionable. But like everybody just looked almost like well, yeah, the younger version of and the most extreme version of right. who they who the characters and the way that they built them in the pilot, right? Uh, yes. 
Okay. So this scene with Sue Sylvester, Principal Figgins, Mr. Shu, Rachel, and Finn. Ugh, I just loved it because when Sue says that they should be hobbled and she's mad about 17 photocopies, like mm-hmm. that to me, like set the tone of this, like how ridiculous it is, including Jocelyn Gilsig, who was not in that scene, but set the tone for the Master show class as well. this episode. Oh, genius. But like, I just loved it. I loved the little Sue one-liners. It made me so happy. I, and that scene where um, Shu walks in to... Sue's office and she's on whatever exercise machine. <laughs> the elliptical. Yeah, and that was just sort of like Ian Brennan at his best because he would always write these insane, insane Sue yeah. like diatribes. And and I yeah, I think that was because we had the pilot, the pilot was what it was. Right. And this was really the first time we're like, okay. Oh. So we're taking what we did and just pushing it uh, a hundred and ten yeah. times the Well, here's the thing also people should know, um, if you don't, that the writers, because there were only three of them, would take scenes and, and write for specific characters and specific storylines. So a lot of, uh, all of Sue Sylvester was Ian Brennan. Right. And like, it, it's just, it's, it's Ian in his pure brilliance. And that's, it came through in Jane Lynch. Yeah. You know what I mean? They're, or through Sylvester. Sylvester's. made in heaven. Ugh, genius. I, so going back to that scene you're just talking about in Figgins' office, it also brought up, we always would sort of make fun of Corey for doing his, like, I'm trying to be hot face, but I'm also like 16 face and you're really 26 in real life. <laughs> and it's like this thing he does where he like squints his eyes and he did it so many times in the episode. I was like, oh God, I miss this so much. <laughs> where he's like, to- but it's totally accurate because I have a 17 year old nephew and when you take photos, they're always like pulling a face. Uh. And we used to give him so much for it and it was I think it was so good like so I right love on that face yeah you <laughs> know exactly what it is go back and look for it now no yeah. you really do you'll know exactly what it is um okay this gymnasium scene with Rachel when she calls us to order and says we're gonna give them sex S-E-X yeah. planning a coup that? yeah planning a coup against Mr. Shu oh. um when Kurt says blood <laughs> <laughs> I'm not kidding. We could not keep it together. No. Was it late at night too? All I remember oh, is that it was the end of like a really it. long day. Maybe we had filmed Push It earlier that day or something. <laughs> no, probably. Yeah. And I just remember we were. It was maybe the first time we were all on set and we got the giggles like and Chris this. Chris couldn't do it. We could. None of us could handle it. I was freaking out. I'm like, I'm so unprofessional. I can't keep a straight face. I feel like face. that was a lot of season one because like we just weren't used to each other yet so everything was funny and we weren't desensitized. But Chris, I remember when he's saying blood, that's when we all were bonding over those crazy, like including Ryan, inclu- those crazy YouTube videos. Like yeah. the um, the newscaster that calls the man gay instead oh, of blind. Yes. <laughs> and, and the model he's gay. falls. And he's gay. Blind. Sorry, blind. blind. I'm sorry. Blind. <laughs> um, and like the model who Weeble Wobble is on the <laughs> on the runway because with her heels. YouTube and sort of, we didn't like, realize like what memes were at the time, but right. these sort of viral things. We didn't have the word viral for that. No, <laughs> YouTube was new. Yeah. Um, but the blood one was Chris doing the blood, blood, blood to the little boy who it's just there I don't know it was that was a really fun it was so good we lost our damn minds I know I would like to just talk about costumes for a second okay because one like Emma was going full so like full out for shoe love that that she was just totally unabashedly like good for you Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but her costumes are distractingly amazing yes Distractingly, distractingly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Incredible, and it's sort of like, oh, Lou, who did the costumes, is so good, and I remember being obsessed with all of her costumes. Yeah, and then just shout out to Lou because. I, I know we're gonna, all the characters' costumes were just. We're gonna have to insane. have her on and yeah. talk about setting all these costumes because Tina wasn't even goth in the beginning, but we'll yeah. talk about that another time. Um, the push it scene. Yeah, let's just talk about push it. I mean, I just remember even like when Jamie was like. <laughs> Yay, Glee! Yes. Glee, hooray! It's just so funny. <sighs> She's my favorite. And this was the first time we had done a big number in front of a oh. hundred extras. Also, wait, we talk. So we had been in the tin shed rehearsing this for weeks. So the crew didn't know 
<laughs> what we were doing. Because the crew, like camera department, sound, all that, nobody knows what we're doing until we rehearse the scene on the day of shooting it. So everyone knows what we had done Lift Freak, Gold Digger, all very, very clean and PC. Yes. Don't stop believing. Doesn't get any cleaner than no. that. We are like walking with intention. That's yes. all we were doing. That's all we're good at. And then we until rehearsed now. Push It at like. Seven in the morning for the crew. (laughs) (laughs) And I just remember Andrew, the A camera. I just remember he's the sweetest, sweetest man. And he was standing right in front. And I was like, oh, poor Andrew. He doesn't know what he's about to see. Yeah. Like, shield your eyes. And then we rehearsed it. And the crew sort of had the exact same mm-hmm. reaction as, as the audience, as the first, audience in first, the episode. At first, yes. the silence. This, they were silent, and then they're like, oh, my God. <laughs> Everyone's looking at each other like, can we cheer for this? Yeah. Nobody knew each other that well either. That's the thing. Like, later on, you're like, you look at Andrew, and you're like, what the hell are we doing? This is right. it today. But, like, early on, you... You didn't do that. And sweet, sweet Andrew's uh, poor eyes. Like, I'm surprised you're not blind from that. It was... Gosh. That was my favorite part. Because <laughs> none of us thought of that. We didn't think of that. No. And we do it and everyone's silent. And we're like, oh, God, but did I we do, suck? I remember being embarrassed about it because I was like, wow, there's like 150 extras here and nobody knows who the f*** we are. <laughs> we're not famous. This is not a show that people know. Yeah, but I love that. And I think <laughs> that part of the show, just like the jokes, were why I loved the pilot when I first read it. Because mm-hmm. that was totally my sense of humor where I'm like, we're like paid to do this? Like we're we're like miming <laughs> sex with each other on stage as high school students doing push it? I can't believe that Fox let us do that number at all. Oh yeah. Like was, that made it to network TV. Side note, when I went ho- home for Christmas the following year <laughs> after it had aired, my niece and nephew knew all the choreography and, and were how doing old were it they with at each that other. Age? Uh, at that time? Too young. Yeah. Too, I was no, like, under the under the double digits. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I told my Wait. sister, I was like, first of all, this is wrong for a number <laughs> of reasons, but they should not be watching this show. Um, okay. All right. Well, that number was speaks for itself, I think. Um, but we had fun doing it. And I, I had like, a blast. Hanging out in between behind the curtain and like chatting with everybody and like playing question games and like getting to know everybody. I think still. we also just felt good because <laughs> we made everyone laugh so hard. Yeah, that's true. And it was like, okay, if we can make the crew laugh, and I think that was sort of the precedent for the rest of the series. Yeah. Where if the crew liked it, like we we it was a good yeah it felt good and they us. always told like sometimes when we weren't sure about something they're like yeah I'm not sure this one works <laughs> like it was a really yeah. honest test to see how we were doing and I know. from day one when we did push it they were all about it it was like ah oh, yes nailed it um okay I want to talk about this very sweet Rachel and Finn scene that is I think the uh en- encompasses the showman's title that was given to episode yes. two right and one, i think one, one of the most iconic scenes of Glee totally ever. i mean they use it in all the promos like on amber's high note and at the end of somebody to love and right. then it's them kissing and really closing her eyes and i i thought it was really great the funniest part of that was the mailman <laughs> the mailman moment that they've played they played throughout the whole episode with him explaining you know that's how he mm-hmm um, oh, keeps skeet, from skeet. skeet skeeting too early. Um, and that mailman face really became something that I would make. I don't remember if anybody else did this, but I would be like, can you do the face? And, and like oh, yeah. all the time, I would just make Corey do the mailman face. I remember face. you asking him Like, that. do it. Please do it. And he would do it all the time. And I was like, this is how it is. This is the most iconic thing of Glee. This is Glee. I also loved it. <laughs> I also for, had forgotten how dumb Finn was. He turns around <laughs> and she's like, are you hungry after that rehearsal? And turns around and just a full pick. And he's like, oh, yeah, I was wondering what that was for. <laughs> Like, uh, oh, Finn's the best. Oh, man. Oh, God. Um, it was so weird. I, I really felt like this was the first episode. I think the pilot was just so solid, like a movie yeah. where everything was good. It wasn't that weird. Like, everything sort of made sense. And yeah. this was the first episode where, like, okay, this show's really strange. It's just centric. You know, it's like, yeah. it's so specific, but yet there's so much to cover. Um, <laughs> and I mean, like, that's what I said about, like, early Diana and, like, Heather and Naya, Santana and Brittany. <sighs> we have to talk about the Unholy Trinity. Quinn. The Unholy Trinity doing Say a Little Prayer. That freaking number. I watched it again and I was like, I get why people watch the show! Yeah. Like, you get it. I remember I snuck in and watch while they were filming it Ugh. and it was me sitting behind Ryan and I have a picture of it I can post it mm-hmm. I'll post it, when, post it when we put this up and I just remember 
I don't know if I told him this or in my head. I was like this sort of like on the when I had this moment with Corey during the pilot where I was watching. I was like, I need to remember this. This mm. is very special because this is phenomenal. <laughs> gold. At that point, I'm like, this is the best thing we've done. Gold, gold, gold. Um, I I have a question from an a PC one fan. Um, did we? Did you guys know that Santana and Brittany would become? main characters or as big as they were no absolutely not and i mean they didn't f- know fan favorites fan favorites they didn't know we didn't know i think it's also a test- we loved them i think it's a testament to how like talented and, and like special they were in real life like, as humans yeah. because i think being around ryan ryan was around all the time he and, just yeah and he sorry. no and he was like gave them those from things in, yeah the inspiration of like who they were as and, people like and sometimes and I talked about that. filming it he would like throw out lines to people like heather a lot yeah <laughs> and then it just sort of became a thing yeah no i i love that number and i was like i get it i get how you get the gay men and the straight men to watch <laughs> the show um and i just want to make a note oh, I, I really want to get to take about because i have so many memories from it but um terry in this episode, Jessalyn Gelsig is literally a com- a comedic genius. She got the tone before anybody else. She set the tone True. for the show. She made everything acceptable. But in she had show. done a Ryan Do you know show I mean? before, hadn't she? Was she on Nip Tuck? She was on Nip Tuck yeah. and she got f-ed off a rooftop. Yeah, there you go. But I will so say... So she like, knew what was up doing she a Ryan Murphy show. She did know what was up. That bitch knew. But, like, said, the faking the pregnancy, too, I remember watching that, like, when we first saw the episodes and going, oh, we're going there. Yeah. Like, this show is going That there. moment when she's you at know? the table after she finds out that <laughs> she isn't pregnant and she has something to tell Will, and then she decides not to, it's like, oh, oh, oh <laughs> So good. And I felt like we... So this is also... We started to... We'll talk about this with our amazing guest. Yes. But this is also, we used to screen the episodes, and I remember watching that, and that was one of those moments where, mm-hmm. just like you said, we're like, oh, right. this show right. is going to be wild. Wild. And, like, we, wild. and actually, we said that, and we had no idea. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay. So, we get to the end of the episode. The Unholy Trinity gets brought in to be part of the Glee Club because Mr. Shoe's plan has worked. We need more members. And so Sue has then given them the job of becoming their spies. They will they will infilt- infiltrate mm-hmm. and then they will go back and report to Sue Sylvester. Love that. So Rachel is very upset, and then we go into boom. I forgot you guys were in this number. <laughs> and this was the time when we still got to do our own backups, yes. our own backup vocals. So that was actually us. So for people who don't know, later on, there was no time. And we have a very, very talented group of people led by Tim Davis. That were much better singers than we were. <laughs> freaking fantastic background singers that do that for a living. They were amazing. And they made every song, elevated every song. And we didn't have time to do that, nor were we good at it. So... They hired yeah, the somebody fir- else. The first 13, you're getting us on the background. <laughs> and that's why it sounds so raw. Uh- <laughs> I, watched it, I watched this episode with Austin, and Austin was like, he was like, yeah, definitely sounds different with you guys on the backgrounds. Oh, my. <laughs> I'm like, thanks. So this is one of the numbers, unlike Push It, where we were, um, it was late at night. Uh, Leah was was doing her thing at the mic. She's all good. You know, she knows how to do it. And Amber and I are backup dancers. And Amber's like, don't you think we should move? And I was like, you're right, bitch. We should move. So we decide. Zach comes up. He's like, okay, guys, what do you want to do? And we're like, uh, should we sway? And then comes my favorite part. <laughs> so we're swaying. We're swaying. He's just left, right, and left. And right, and then he's like, and then we should reach out our arm and then bring it back and tickle the b- and then reach out, tickle the b- and pull it back. And I was like, who is this man and what is happening right now? So special tickle the b- was part of the first of the very many inappropriate. <laughs> uh, but that's also how we would remember choreography. And to this day, that's how I remember a lot of these things because they would throw in these insane little phrases. Like, great. Now I'll remember it. (laughs) And we have another fan question from PC1 that asked how much ADR was done for the vocals and for the show. Well, let me tell you, our sound department was... You mean that Emmy-winning sound department? Emmy-winning sound department, (laughs) Phil, Patrick. Um, But also, 
leading into our very, very special guest, she can tell you all about yeah. the ADR and that we didn't, why we didn't have to do it. Yeah. Most shows, you have to go every episode and do ADR. I think I did it once and how it worked, in seven, six years. And how it worked for the singing is we record before all the singing in a recording studio and then, and then lip sync it. Lip sync so to go it. back and yeah, look yeah. and see who's a good lip syncer and who's not, because I can tell you. Oh, my God. Wait. We all sucked in this episode. <laughs> can I just say? We were because all... you, you have to actually sing, and you think you have to whisper and not sing, but you have to actually sing for it to look right. We also like didn't know. There were so many... Some people so... caught on to that. Some people never caught on to that. Yeah, it's true. Okay. <laughs> Keep going. What were you going to no, say? No, I was like, you see it. Like there, I think during Gold Digger, Leah is mouthing the entire rap. <laughs> the whole time. Oh, what? I forgot to talk about the rap. Oh. This is the first time he's on Mr. Shoe rap. Oh, and unfortunately, it wasn't the last. Poor, 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 <laughs> poor viewers. I'm just kidding. We love Matty Moe. He's <laughs> just such a trooper. And, like, who knows how to background vocal to rapping, though, honestly. All it right. was crazy. Let's bring our very special guest in. Yeah, let's do that. Um, Enough of us. We're going to bring Alexis Martin-Wanella, who began working... At Ryan Murphy TV on Nip Talk and has really rose to the top as president of Ryan Murphy TV now, like, executive producing a million of like literally Pose, Ratchet, American Horror Story, everything. Glee. I mean, like you name it, she's done it. We used to tell her back in the day, we're like, build bitch. your empire. It's she's done. She's it. done it. She's the done empire it. is built. Before we keep going, let's give a shout out to LaCroix, because some people love slushies, some people love sparkling water, but the classiest people, like myself and Jenna, go for a LaCroix, America's top-selling branded domestic sparkling water. LaCroix sparkling water was developed to give health-conscious consumers refreshment, flavor, and most importantly, sparkle, with an innocent twist of zero calories, zero sweeteners, and zero sodium. All LaCroix flavors are confirmed to be derived from natural sources with natural fruit essences. The newest flavor, which is so good, is hibiscus, joins the family of other flavors like key lime, tangerine, mango, and the ultimate classic grapefruit, pomplemousse. The LaCroix family also includes six LaCroix curate flavors, including pineapple strawberry, kiwi watermelon, and cantaloupe pink grapefruit. There are also newly added flavors to the Nicola theme like coconut cola and coffee exotica, all of which contain no caffeine or alcohol. LaCroix sparkling waters and LaCroix curate sparkling waters are gluten-free, vegan, kosher, and non-GMO, Whole30 approved, and environmentally friendly. LaCroix cans are perpetually sustainable and recyclable. For more information, Join the LaCroix community on social at LaCroix Water or check them out at LaCroixWater.com. Hey guys, it's Kelty Knight from the Lady Gang Podcast. If you're into getting a very sassy, sexual, beautiful, inspiring, funny, oftentimes embarrassing, slightly anal podcast in your repertoire, subscribe to us, Lady Gang, on Podcast One, the Podcast One app. And please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Thank you for coming in your insanely busy schedule. It is my pleasure because I love you too. Oh, oh. we love you. It's We're an honor. So proud of you and your Thank empire you. looking down on us on us little folk. Oh, I've been looking down on you guys for years. Yeah, true. Years. <laughs> Dina Cohen Jang. <laughs> my friend just told me recently she knows a Tina Cohen. And I was oh. like, she's got to marry someone with a Chang. <laughs> so we had just been sort of going through the episode. Yes. And because this was months after we did the pilot, mm-hmm. and the pilot was its own entity, mm-hmm. that this was the first time we were getting into whatever the show was going to be. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so I have a lot of questions for you in terms of how what you were still fairly... I was like baby producer. I had front end, yes. I had a front end producer credit, but I was really running post production. Mm-hmm. I wasn't I wasn't totally doing the creative yet. That happened really at the end of Glee season one and the beginning of American Horror Story is where I started going much more into the creative. But I was in working on the cuts and talking about it. And I mean, I distinctly remember <laughs> one of the early days when I realized that Ryan was right and I was wrong <laughs> because I read the script and I was like, what do you mean Rachel and Finn kiss? It's episode too. We have to want to want it. Mm-hmm. And he was like, no, I know this is right. And mm-hmm. I was like, but what happens if they kiss? What happens if we run out of story? He's like, I'll make more story. 
<laughs> and guess what he did? And by yes, the way, it was the best iconic. thing ever. It was yeah. iconic because suddenly you're like, oh my yes. God, they kissed. Oh my God, they kissed. Yes. And then are they going to kiss again? And yep. what's going to happen? And it's really exciting. So I remember spending a lot of time on that scene hmm. in the auditorium where she has a little picnic for yes. him and yes. they can't sit comfortably and it's a... It was a thing, and so her skirt was really short, and we, we were trying to edit around to protect. Oh, yeah. Oh, because Rachel right. Berry wore really short skirts, always a cap sleeve. She was never sleeveless until and later. And knee socks. And mm-hmm. so trying to make sure that we were protecting Leah as an actress and protecting the story and also making it not awkward. But you're, you're filming two people who are on a stage having a picnic. It's a, it's That's a a probably the shortest skirt. I remember that skirt. Yeah. That's probably the shortest skirt she wore in that whole episode, too. I don't know if it was the shortest shirt, skirt she wore ever, in the ever. whole series. No, yeah. they got no, shorter. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the more sophisticated Leah Michelle got, right? Yes. Exactly. Leah, I love you. That's what we said. We were like, as we as we moved on, as we grew up, like Tina became Jenna. Yeah. <laughs> so I Artie became, became Kevin. very quickly. Artie was Artie became like white boy rapper. Yeah, Artie took over from where Mr. Shoe left off. When I Holla, saw, I, I, saw I was with Matt a couple weeks ago, and he was talking about his rapping. He's like, <laughs> I don't know why they had me stop rapping. They had you take over for me. And I was like, uh. <laughs> I, I don't know why either. None of us know why. No, 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 no. I was just like, I didn't want to rap. I'm not a rapper, but (laughs) that's what happened. So we didn't become friends until later, like later season one. Um, But yeah, that was that was early days, and so we just all kind of liked each other. But it wasn't really until we got going that I got had the time to come down and. Well, yeah, you weren't on set with us every day, and Mm -hmm. so that was the big difference. Mm -hmm. Like you were in a peculiar situation where you were looking at our faces every day. I know your moves, and we didn't. We didn't know you. Yeah, you didn't know me. Do you remember when Ryan used to screen the episodes for us? He would bring us in, and that's when we would. Mm-hmm. see you yeah. and become friends with you exactly. and I feel like everybody got nervous really like, we're like we'd go in we're like oh god what are we gonna see especially oh, yeah. like with yeah. this episode yeah, yeah. it was well, the first was a good episode oh yeah it was so good so I have a question for you overall mm-hmm. you got to see more and sometimes I didn't even notice like did a lot get cut from the episodes oh my gosh yeah you're always you always are tailoring and you're always trying to make it better and stronger and especially because you know the day and age that we're in now on cable you don't really have to be limited by runtimes. But when you're on a network show, you are controlled by runtimes because you're controlled by ad dollars. Mm -hmm. And so Ryan, who has such an epic brain, thinks so big and then suddenly you're like well this is about 12 minutes too long <laughs> this is a feature film yeah i heard 20 <laughs> minutes or and so you have to kind of constantly say well what's the story what's the most important a lot of times with glee that that's interesting and i think the fans probably realize this because they would listen to the glee music on their own we would very frequently lift verses out of songs you oh, guys yeah. would record the whole thing you might even film the whole thing right but that was an easy place where you're like i need to save 30 seconds and i don't want to sh- break story right and we get it and the music still is great and so there's some songs that you could easily do a quick lift in to make it concise right. and to the point because a lot of times if you think about it a lot of our music was from the music of it all but a lot of times like with vocal adrenaline or something it was about a story point about a rivalry or about right. something else and mm-hmm. so you want to get kind of the flashy part that show that are exciting and show, but if it's just two people standing on stage singing, sometimes you do just want to nip that mm-hmm. out and save time. But a lot would get cut, but it would be little things. It was never you know giant storylines. Right. I only remember there was one scene we shot. It was later on in the seasons, like probably three, four, maybe four or five, mm-hmm. and it was a dressing room scene, which we'll get to at some point. But um, it, the whole thing got cut, and we worked Friday night from oh. like. Eight to two, and it got cut. Oh, it yeah. was the it was a dress. It was a it was part of the wedding. Oh, I know. The, I know. Oh, I, yeah. I, and the whole scene got cut. That doesn't usually happen. Where well, it happens. Scenes. It happens more often. Sometimes you realize the more you know the show, the more you realize that you've written a story that is interesting, but it's cluttering from what the focus is, mm. and so you yank it. But it, it's really hard because. <laughs> The cast and the crew are not a part of the process of sitting in the right. dark that Ryan right. and I are in where we're sitting here talking about, well, what makes it stronger? And we right. really are talking with character names. We're not talking – we're not saying Jenna and Kevin worked really hard on that scene. We're like, well, yeah, Tina and Artie are good, but Tina and Artie hit that same point three other times. Mm-hmm. Right. So if we lose it here, it's going to be more effective there. You mm-hmm. the fat. So you have to trim the fat because at the end of the day, everything's better – Everything's better when it's been edited, when it's been whittled down yeah. a little bit, when you leave people wanting more. <laughs> but there are scenes where you're short for time, and that was when that was the episode year when the wedding when Quinn mm-hmm. Quinn gets in the car accident, right? I think so. Yeah. I, I don't know. We so. had so many weddings so on many this weddings, show. so many weddings, honestly. I, I don't know. <laughs> we need the Glee fans. Right now, we have a Glee fan somewhere who's like, I can tell you about every single yes. wedding. I should be on that podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So please, let us know. <laughs> How did you feel coming into the show? Because it was so odd. There was so much music. Like, Did it oh, feel I different to it. you, or did it feel sort of standard? 
Like, no, no, oh, no. I'm used to this, or this feels very different. No, Glee was new different. for everybody. Glee, Glee broke down barriers. Remember how many Glee summer camps, Glee foundations, yeah. Glee clubs, people found themselves. It was it, Glee really did change the whole conversation about what a television show could be. And this mm-hmm. is, again, why we all love Ryan, is that he's a visionary. He sees what he feels he wishes he could see, and then he puts it on the air. And suddenly everyone's like, oh, this is brilliant. We're going to have musical shows forever. <laughs> and does it well. I mean, and that's does the it well. <laughs> And so with Glee, we Ryan said, we're going to do a musical – and it's going to be pop culture songs, which is great as opposed to, you know, a Broadway show. And he said, we're just going to, you know, I have a plan for this. And so we jumped out of Nip Tuck and into Glee and we did the pilot. And so you could different. just tell the pilot was special. I still remember when we shot it at that high school in Burbank mm-hmm. in the fall. I remember how it smelled. Like every October in the Valley, I'm like, oh, this is Glee season. It's just a, there's just a smell. And I remember, I remember when I met Ian and I remember going to set. And oh we spent so much time working the opening of that show of how Mr. Shoe drives up just in the pilot and yeah. you know I mean the number of times we made the joke about I like mine scalding yeah. you know I mean it's like and it was also in the very beginning of iPhones you know when she's like I have a, I have I'll a call I'm probably, probably going to make it from an iPhone, iPhone. you know <laughs> And, and so we we were just so kind of blown away by it and we were really blown away by you by you all I no. mean it was a it was really magical and it was it was magic you know the phrase lightning in a bottle exists for a reason because right. there was such a synthesis amongst the group and i believe episode 2 is when the holy unholy trinity is formed yes. oh yeah and i remember knowing that naya and heather had been cast essentially as background dancers um and part of the Cheerios and how they elevated and they turned those roles into into what they became because of what they brought to set. Exactly. And so watching you guys as a, as a unit coalesce was really cool for me because I wasn't – I mean, I'm going through the dailies with the editors and we're talking about this and we're talking about that. And we're, we're learning the same thing as how do you tell a story through song? Mm. Where do you need to go to the wide? Where do you need to go to the close-up? How are we going to be, be most effective? Was that an adjustment for you? Because yeah. It's just new. Uh, yeah. I mean, you're doing music videos. Mm-hmm. But trying to tell – a narrative right. during yeah. that. Yeah. But if you think about the best music videos, there's always a good story. Yeah. The best That's anything, true. there's always, always a, good a good story. story. It's, like, it's all about no telling one, the story. I never want to watch a music video. Like, like if we're going to talk Madonna, for example, which I know the power of Madonna, you guys will get to. <laughs> but if you think about some of Madonna's best music videos, you've got, um, you know, Like a Prayer and Express Yourself, which feel very story-driven. But then you've got Frozen later on. And, then, right. and you're like, yeah, you look cool, but you don't. Nothing's happening in this right. video. So no one talks about how great that video was. You know, right. like that sort yeah. of thing. So with Glee, it was we would occasionally have the songs where it was just one of you would be standing alone and planting your flag and singing a song to an empty house or an empty auditorium. And so that was a time of performance, performance, performance. Get that close up. Get the scope for the big as you belt. I'm not going to belt it out because I don't sound like you guys. But as you belt it out, you, you go to the wide shot. You, get, you come in for the glistening tears in the eyes. That's how you think about an individual performance. Mm. But like vocal adrenaline was a really important cutting pattern oh, yeah. because you want to see large groups moving in syncopation. Right. It's why Beyonce's music videos yep. are so incredible because mm-hmm. you get that epic scale of one unit moving mm-hmm. with all these different parts, mm-hmm. but it's actually, a, a, you know, 40 people on stage. Right. And so you do think about what you're cutting. And in Vocal <laughs> Adrenaline, especially until we had Jesse St. James, I'm sorry, Jesse St. Clair? Mm-hmm. No, Jesse St. James. James. Yeah. Until we had him with his glorious hair, we <laughs> didn't have a specific villain. Vo- vocal Adrenaline was just the, a villain. villain. Yeah. So we didn't need to cut to close-ups as much as we needed to see their killer And moves. they were actually good dancers. Oh, they were so Unlike good. Unlike us. We were like, No, oh. you guys were terrible. We were like, this is a lot of close-ups. <laughs> oh, no. All we knew how to do was maybe walk in a line and not a straight one. I mean, not a straight one. Like, when you guys are doing like, I guess it's a diagonal. Or Le Freak. Oh, yeah. Le Freak. I don't know. It's like the bird's eye view is like we could be standing there and they call action and that's when we move out of it. Yeah, also, do, like, you, yeah. do you remember that? Ryan would come into the dance rehearsals and be like, we need more arms. We need more arms up. We oh, need yeah. everything up. I mean, and, well, Don't Stop was Don't five, Stop was 15, epic. 15 different renditions before we actually got to well, the one that landed. Say a little prayer. There's all oh those God. shots from yeah. above where they're oh, lifting up. Oh, I was like, oh, I just God. remember do, I remember Ryan doing the arm motion. Oh, up. Held, and being held. like, I see it. I know what I need. He's, he's visual yeah. always and he always knows, which is so cool. But that it is it is. It changes how you tell the story depending on what the song is, and so, so you know. And then there are the songs like, okay, let's. What are the song? Let's let's pull up that song list. Do you have Gold them? Digger? Push it. Say a little prayer. I'll take a bow. It. You know, you get your your first like rapping choir room number like that actually was like yeah. yeah. Oh no, when Gold Digger came fun. out, everyone was really excited. I mean, it was really fun. <laughs> I also remember like that in the studio was weird because I wasn't supposed to sing on that song, and we were all there with Ryan, which mm-hmm. might have been the only time Ryan was in no, the recording studio with us. Yeah. There was a couple that I remember. Yeah. And then we were all doing the backgrounds, and he's like, "Kevin, can you just?" 
you try that. You shout that out. And then Amber, you try it. And it was like this. Mm-hmm. We were all figuring out mm-hmm. every part of the show together. Yeah, right. Well, and that's part of what makes, you know, as you tell stories, you start to see who's good at what mm-hmm. and where do you gravitate to who when. I mean, I always tell everyone, you guys have heard this, and I know you've heard this especially, but I talk about the say what moment. Mm-hmm. Because Glee was cut in a way, and the, li- the dialogue is so sharp, and it was so clever, but there was always like 12 of you guys on camera when yes. you're in the choir room. Mm-hmm. And it would be so rapid fire that very frequently I would say to my editors, don't forget that we're the audience. We're telling the audience when to pause and when to laugh. So we want the dialogue to fly, 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 fly. But then when there's that one line that's really, really weird, but you still need to blow through it, that's when I almost always would be like, cut to Artie. He always is like, say what? Because <laughs> <laughs> Kevin's face never stopped working. Never so stopped. Like, you, you could always count on something really funny. For, and we cut to like, Artie. I was yeah. always so, by the way, I guess I should thank you because all of my weirdest things. Yeah. Always made it. Yeah, because your weird shit's funny. I it's would, funny. I would do stuff as a joke. Where I'm like Naya. What should I do this time? Or I'm like Naya. Watch this. I would do things for yes. the cast members, yeah. and then it would always make it. nine times out of ten it would end up in know. it. Yeah, well, because it gave us something to use, and right. that's the thing is, at a certain point when you have twelve Footage. people sitting there, a lot of times people are just kind of sitting there and listening. But watching someone listen is not that exciting. No. Right. So reacting, so reacting is different. Yeah. different, and that's where we would go. Uh, okay, I want to talk about the iconic montages of Glee that I, when I'm watching back the show, I feel as though that became such a thing, like a a thing in the shows that we would do. Do you agree? Oh, absolutely. I think that, you know, the the great thing about a montage is, you know, some people love them or hate them. You can do a lot with a montage. You can get a lot of story in, you can get a lot of FaceTime in, and you can blend different worlds to, to to commit to a theme Mm -hmm. and it highlights a theme when you take a song and then you start to realize oh this this is a great thing we don't need this whole scene of I'm just going to use Tina and Artie since you're right here we don't need a whole Tina and Artie but we need this moment of it but wouldn't it be great if we could also connect it because it feels like what what Quinn's going through or what Rachel's going through and so it became a great tool and because we're a musical to move through story in a way that you aren't you don't just have scene to scene to scene because sometimes you just need to be carried through mm-hmm. to get to what the next point is. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, montage became a really, very powerful tool for us. Yeah, and I think just musically it makes sense. Ugh, just love. That. I mean, I love a makeover montage. I don't know. Give oh my god, any Ugh. makeover. I mean, montage. that's the, I feel like that's the go-to. That's the most classic. Style no, everyone of needs ever. a makeover yeah. montage. Yes. Everyone needs. I it. still don't know how you guys would just. Okay, let's go back to like the fan question oh, yeah. of why we didn't have to do ADR. Well. Ryan doesn't like ADR. What mm. Ryan likes is an, an organic performance. And, and for, ADR for, yep. for everyone. That, oh, you, you're better explaining it than me. Well, it's it. additional dialogue replacement. When I was baby, baby producer on Nip Tuck, ADR was sort of my first way into learning how to work with actors because huh. low man on the totem pole or in a sense, low woman on the totem pole would go and meet the actors and, and get them through because, you know, it's you kind of filling in the blanks. I remember one time you had to bring me in for ADR because it was during the grease up when we were doing summer night and there was a line or I had to add a line. I can't remember what it was, but it was the first time I'd been in for ADR. I was like, wow, we've never been in for ADR. I'd never done ADR before mm-hmm. in my life. And you were like, I was like, oh my God, I can't even repeat and, and lip sync to my face because we speak so, so fast quickly. on this show. And you were like, do you see how fast you guys talk on this show? It's crazy. It's crazy. I remember telling you, I said, yes. I remember that was one of the first times we really bonded where I was yeah. sort of just a backseat director. And I said, if you take your time when the camera comes to you and speak a little slower, I can do more with you. And yeah. you really heard me and change yeah. it. Because what happens is, and I think about this for everybody, if you don't have a ton of storyline, because I feel like Tina's character did not develop till later on. It was Definitely like Tina not. and Blaine, I think, is where it really mm-hmm. blossomed into giving her more dimension. Yeah. But I always say that if the, you know, you're, you, everyone's used to being on set all the time. You guys are being filmed all the time. But on those episodes where it's not an already heavy episode or not a Tina heavy episode, you'd sit there for hours. You know how to, you know the drill. You're super professional. But oh my God, all of a sudden the camera's pointed at you for that one line. You're like, and then it's over. And you're like, you know, it's like you just blacked out. Especially in the beginning, because at least speaking for myself, I was so terrified of like messing up in front of Ryan. 
Because mm-hmm. like, I, I felt like every day I was going to get fired. And that wasn't anything Ryan did. That was just me having oh, a yeah. job for the first time. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I'm going to get fired. I'm going to do something. Mm-hmm. And I remember we would all just speak so, so quickly because we were all like, there's 80 of us in the scene. Mm-hmm. And there's so much dialogue to cover that we, we just have to get it out. And we also like the tempo. I mean, the one yeah. thing is there is a significant choice to make it that way. When Ryan directed the pilot, he was like, okay, go again faster. Okay, right. go again faster. Yeah. Okay. And so in that respect... It was that you were trained, right? Yeah, and which is great because it was really fun for the world. Mm -hmm. But but you go to any other place and you're like, wow. Like I remember after we had, we'd have to. I really had to slow down. I was like, remember, Jenna, you're not Tina. And you're oh, not talking yeah. a mile a minute, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, mm-hmm. sometimes my dad accuses me of being a Glee cast member because we talk on the phone. He's like, it's just like watching Glee. Because <laughs> I talk a little fast. I am talking deliberately slowly for all of you today. <laughs> I think Very. we do talk fast in real life we, anyway. Uh, Kevin, you too, and I, I think you yeah, and I yeah. talk, no, are the fastest talkers. You guys, Jenna and I can sit there. You guys and, have their own language. It's like, like they're just. I mean, I, gobble, I, gobble. I understand every single thing you're saying. So why does no one else? <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Because you both are like mini mobile. <laughs> and to be able to like you have a lot in your head you all the time you gotta get yeah. it out real fast <laughs> yeah <laughs> i go. can't compute yeah i'm a little slow compared to you guys no, no, no. i think in general men that's ladies yeah yeah yeah, yeah. 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 ladies rule the world what yeah other, what other memories do you have of showman's and if not showman's what are other well, memories I, you have about season one? Oh, i have i loved glee glee was such a special i mean glee mm-hmm. season one especially was so special it yeah. felt but we like, all came up together we all tiny came little up together baby. well and for me it was like so we was glee was 2010 2009. 2009. Yep. I was 29 years old. So I was closer in age to you guys than I was mm-hmm. to all of the other producers. Mm-hmm. And it, so I had this natural split. And also, not only was I closer in age to you guys, I also like to go out and I loved fashion and I loved I, I was I, I mean you're am. still one of the best dressers I've ever met in my well, entire I, life I, yes. I am flattered and I will take that yes. all day long but I, I I felt a real camaraderie with you guys and I was sort of between two worlds because I wasn't quite old enough to be like the boss. Right. But I and wasn't exactly young that. enough to be the kid also wasn't on TV. We're also but yeah. you know but so I we, it allowed me to actually have a really nice friendship with you guys mm-hmm. that was work it started from a w- place of work where we met each other as colleagues mm-hmm. but I got to trust you and and it was it was fun for me but Glee was really special because we all with the exception of Leah who came from Broadway and I know you came from Broadway mm-hmm. but I feel like None of us knew what was about to happen. Totally. And when we got to New York for the upfronts, and for everyone, the upfronts are when the networks present to the advertisers what their false slate is going to be. They'll line up and they run through every show. And in this situation, we had this pilot that was just beautiful. Oh, I remember. I love this. We all got to New York. Ryan flew us all out there and said, you have to be a part of it. And most other shows and most other showrunners would never have said to baby post-producer me, mm-hmm. you have to be in New York with me. But Ryan and I obviously have a bond. We were driving down the main drag of, I think it was on Fifth Avenue or something. It was uh, uh, wherever we were going. And we rounded a corner in our car. And next thing you know, the streets are lined with these larger than life uh, glee that. balloons. Mm-hmm. I mean, huge balloons. I, I don't, I have I'm spatial relationships challenged, but enormous. <laughs> yeah. And every single person was wearing a Fox t-shirt that said glee. And yes. it was, they heralded us in. And then, and then we went into this big ballroom theater, oh, I should you. say. And, we watched a trailer for a couple shows that I, I remember, will not name, and I remember thinking, mm. and then, <laughs> then we played our Glee trailer, and our Glee trailer started with Sue Sylvester saying, you think this is hard? Try being waterboarded. That's hard. <laughs> and next thing you know, it was off like a bullet, and then you guys came out, and you're a little blue and black. Oh, yeah. <laughs> And you sang somebody to love yes. to this entire audience that had never had that freshness or experience. And for me, yeah. I didn't know any better because I was just, like I said, a baby producer. This was not. This was a new world for me too. But I looked around and I just saw hundreds of people who have no idea what they just got hit with. And that from there on, the glee fever just hit, and mm. we got to celebrate together. And mm-hmm. the upside of having all of that time together meant it led into a lot of down dark times because we yeah. were really close. Yeah. And, and we did. Ha- you guys had to grow up on camera, yeah, and that's a really hard place to be. And so, mm-hmm. I think that had we not had such a tight season one, we wouldn't all look at the friendships we True. still have, yeah. yep. and which is so it's rare. Really rare. Yeah, it's really rare, and, and it's so. rare to have that many people from that many backgrounds to actually. 
actually mm-hmm. get along like that. Oh my right. god, did I tell you I got my nails done with Naya the other day? What? Oh <laughs> you my called god, me I called there. you, uh, <laughs> Naya. I know you're not listening, but I hope you're listening because I <laughs> love you. No, oh, sh- am I allowed to say? Yes. It? Oh, good. We'll say- whoop you out anyway. Oh, don't boop. bleep me out. No, no, we have to. Oh, censorship. For censorship boo. purposes, but we go boop. Okay, so it's okay. Boop. Um, <laughs> Glee. Oh, yeah. oh my god, remember the cold? Remember the previously on Glee's where I'd have to bring Ian in and oh, he'd be like, yes. "So here's what you missed on Glee. He can talk faster than General Alexis at the when same time all the time." Those start. And how did that start? Because well, that didn't. It it was not spoke. We never planned on it, and right. then the network was like, "Um, you guys, you cover a lot of plot <laughs> points every episode. Yeah. We need to remind the guest. Or I'm sorry, the guest. We need to remind the audience <laughs> that yeah. that what's going on, and so." Ann would Brilliant. come in. But at the very end, it would always say, because I, I believe in a, a brand and a formula, and you want to tag it the same way every time. And it would, he would always say, and that's what you missed on Glee. Yeah. So you guys should use Glee to bleep yourselves out. That's my opinion. Steve. Can we get the Thanks. rights to that? Well, if you do we it yourself, do it ourselves. It's do ours, Kevin. All right? Okay, okay right. So, so, Kevin, you're going to say, say f- and we're going to go. Glee. Okay, okay. okay. One, two, three. Glee! Yeah. <laughs> Steve, the producer, is so impressed, We're you taking guys. that now. He's like, I'm everything I need to know in life I learned from Alexis, <laughs> Alexis Martin Woodall. Oh, my God. You guys remember I when I would come to set? Too. And I would come into set, and you'd be like, Alexis Martin Woodall, <laughs> Alexis Martin <laughs> Woodall. And I was like, oh. We just love your name. I know. And we love you. <laughs> Wait, bef- oh. before you go, so if you come to L.A., Alexis, in her spare time, her lots of free time she has, and her husband have opened up a brand new restaurant in downtown L.A. Please tell us about it. Thank you. It's called Red Herring L.A. I love a plug. Um, It's Red Herring, and it's downtown in Los Angeles. And we had our first location out in the Eagle Rock, and we got essentially secret shopped by these big developers. And they said, we want you to come downtown. And actually, just I had the joy of being with my friends last night when they came. You two came for our little pre-opening party. It's The space is gorgeous. The food is amazing because I know your husband and I'm friends with your husband and he cooks like a G. And everything about this (laughs) restaurant was like, oh, you had your first restaurant and now here is your second restaurant. You learned, you got it. I, I got it. I it's, was like, it's, you know, I treat it like a TV show. It's mm-hmm. like, you, you think about it. And I, I actually said the other day, I said, I really understand why Ryan's always moving forward and not going back and living in, oh, mm-hmm. the glee. I mean, he talks mm-hmm. about it with love, but sure. he always looks ahead because once you tell the story, you're like, oh, no, I'm ready to tell a new story. Yeah. Right. And when we were done with Eagle Rock, we, like I said, we always knew we were going to close it before we opened downtown mm. because we needed to be ready because it's just Dave and I and a really fantastic team. But mm-hmm. we don't have the bandwidth. We're not, a, we're not a giant corporation to have two things running. And once we closed the first one, I realized – I don't want to reopen the first one. I'm done with the first one. The first one was our was how, how we learned it was. Yeah. It was our first show. Now let's do our second show oh. and let's do it and let's add a little bit more glamour and everything. Yes. Do you Thank miss you. the first one? No. The first show? No. no. I love it, mm-hmm. but it's it's in my heart with with great memories. Mm-hmm. But I'm really excited about what's coming. This feels like the right one. That, that's right. Right. That's all it is. It feels like the right one. And so great. And it's by the way, if, if you guys are out there, unless you are married to a chef or are a chef, do not open your own restaurant. Okay. <laughs> it is a really really difficult. Cult, and yeah. I love what we do, but it is. If I were Ooh. didn't have Dave, we would not be doing it. Well, yeah, no. Yeah. Remember when Dave taught job. you how to make pizza? He did. That was the best. That was oh a good. Gonna... Oh yeah, you I were think there about too. it all the time. Oh, I remember oh, yeah. spilling wine on my very new white Converse that night. Oh yeah, it's okay. You spill, oh, yeah. you spill on yourself all the time. Well, I did today. Yeah. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> we, talk, we talk about the score of the show. Oh yeah, because yeah. the score. I think even to this day, if you talk to people, it is one of the most unique things. Mm-hmm. I think a TV show like that was. I think one of the most memorable things yeah. about our show. But like you said, like like you believe in branded and consistent. Like that was always so branding consistent. Felt right. Yeah. You know, I think. I give a lot of credit to Brad Beaker who cut the pilot because I believe he was the one who found the the Swingle Sisters or the Swing the Swinglers. Yeah. But I, either way, we, we do you do something when you're when you're putting anything together in life and you're cutting something together. You always do what's called temp score. You put temporary score and score that has existed in other movies that you like or other or you find a song and you're like I just want to put this in and see how it feels. And so Brad had been temping with a lot of these vocal. You know, it started with Flight of the Bumblebee. That's what it was. Ah, that makes sense. Oh, and, yeah. and the next thing you know, we were sense. like, let's look at the rest of the album. And then how can we use this? And be- because it was official songs and we, we couldn't afford that, it inspired. And all of our other songs. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> it, it inspired us to sort mm-hmm. of think about that. And then so it was very vocally driven. And then it was very much like marching band style, snare drum, tambourine. Because 
there was always a war between Will and, Sh- and, and Sue. Mm-hmm. Will and Sue. Sure. 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 Let me break it down for you. Oh, I still think. Achievement. Oh, my God. Yes. Achievement. I do the worst figures and I never stop We all it. do. Oh, but no, we oh, all My do. husband still says. It was our favorite stuff. My husband will still say, Tina Cohen Chang. For no reason. For no reason. We just say Tina Cohen Chang because it's satisfying. I was just talking about speaking really fast. I didn't even get to speak until episode eight. <laughs> oh no, you didn't. Barely. I know. Because I'm a stutter, a fake stutter. Yeah. <laughs> Which... I remember the day, Ian. Anyway, that's first wheels. But I remember Ian told me, and I was like, I get to speak. I thought I mean, the rest of my life was going to be silent in golf clothes. Killing, you know? killing, the, <laughs> killing the stutter was the best thing we could have done. God, oh my bless God. America. Thank God. <laughs> thank God. Thank God. Oh, you guys are um, so great. Alexis, thank you so much for coming in it and is sharing my all your memories, imparting your wisdom back. on us. Anything yeah. I can do, you know, I love to give advice, and I love to, <laughs> I love to hear myself talk. So it's really good. <laughs> well, congratulations to you too. You thank had a really you. great yes. year. We're so proud of you. Yeah. So. Yes. You deserve well, thank it. Thank you. Thanks. I mean, I'm nice tired. things should happen to nice people. <laughs> oh. It doesn't always, but it, when it does, it's you know, great. I That's really right. appreciate that. And you guys, I am really nice. <laughs> <laughs> We're just ending the episode with that. <laughs> I'm so nice. <laughs> I'm so nice. Don't, worry, Don't forget I'm nice. I'm like so nice. Don't ever forget how nice I am. I'm really pretty too. <laughs> Well, Kevin, that was really fun. I mean, Alexis is great. I love this episode. I love this episode of Showman's Glee Recap Edition, and I love... The Glee episode, The Showman's. Glee episode, Showman's. Yeah. Make sure y'all go back on the Netflix or wherever and go watch episode... Three. We're calling this three. Acafellas. Acafellas. So that next week, you can recap with us. It's a weird one. <laughs> <laughs> It is a really weird one, but I have so many funny memories from it. Okay, come back next week, and thanks for listening. Bye! Thank you so much for listening to Showmance with us. And get new episodes every Thursday on PodcastOne.com, Podcast One app, or Apple Podcasts. And follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Jenna Ashkowitz. Follow me on Instagram at Kevin McHale and on Twitter at Druidude. And make sure to subscribe to the show and leave us a nice rating and a five-star review, of course. And oh, spread, spread the, the word. word. See you next week. Bye.